The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. The Pet Buzz would like to welcome the WZXI family of radio stations in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, welcome to the Pet Buzz. We are coming to you from our Gulf Coast studios in sunny Bradenton, Florida. How you doing today, Dr. Fleck? Well, I'm doing well on the Gulf Coast of Florida. We're just enjoying the devil out of our weather, aren't we? We absolutely are. But now let's kick off the show with the weekly countdown. Four in segment four, we're talking with Rob Jackson, co-founder and CEO at Healthy Paws Pet Insurance and Healthy Paws Foundation about the importance of pet insurance. Three in seg three, we are talking with veterinarian Dr. Seth Oster, an assistant clinical professor in the Auburn University's Veterinary Clinics Avian Service about if your dog or cat is at risk from birds of prey. And two, in this portion of the show, I talk about the celebrity pet buzz. And I talk flex facts. And in segment one, you know, coming up is Memorial Day weekend, the official start to the summer. And with the lifting of COVID restrictions throughout the country, this holiday weekend can be a great excuse to celebrate with your friends and family, including your four-legged loved ones. But safety is key, especially for our pets for any holiday weekend. So joining us today is veterinarian, Dr. Tina Wismer. Dr. Wismer is a veterinary toxicologist and the medical director of the ASPCA's Animal Poison Control Center. So greetings, Dr. Tina. We're always happy to have you join us, especially to talk about holiday dangers. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited that she's here. I'm always excited Dr. Tina's here. Okay, so Dr. Tina, what is the top reason that people call the ASPCA Poison Control Hotline on Memorial Day weekend? It is fertilizer. Fertilizer. Poop eater. I'll be darn. Yes. <laughs> well, wait a second. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, is it like, well, you tell us. Yeah, tell us. Right. So it's actually both organic based fertilizers, which are typically things like, as you said, uh, poop, uh, you know, chicken litter, chicken feathers, bone meal, blood meal. I mean, if you're a dog, what's better uh, to eat than things like that? And also then some of our other um, inorganic fertilizers. The good news is that with fertilizers, fortunately, we just tend to see a little bit of vomiting and diarrhea. Okay, that's good. But I would never, ever guess that. Would you? I've already seen it this year. Lots. Did you realize that chicken organic parts of the chicken is in there? let me tell you something. I use chicken green chicken crap fertilizer. That is the secret to my lovely, beautiful garden. I grow roses. I grow tons of hibiscus and all the other plants that I have. That's the secret. That's why my garden looks the way it does. It's That's your new venture in life. I chicken know. crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So you had a question for Dr. Tina. Yep. We all love to barbecue. You love barbecue. I love to barbecue. So what potential pet dangers Are we looking for from the actual barbecue or from the food? Sure. So the barbecue itself, right? We have to worry about burns. Um, You know, if I'm a dog and there's a lovely steak just sizzling up there, 
Um, you know, I could jump up there and get burned. We also have things like bones that can be an issue, right? You know, your ribs or things like that. Um, those can be problematic. And what we tend to see the day after Memorial Day, especially people will pour the grease off of their grill. Mm -hmm. And many times they just dispose of it in the gravel and the dogs will eat gravel because it's grease coated and become obstructed. I can smell that. Absolutely. Cooking. I'm seeing every, everything that you're describing in the practice all the time. Another thing, too. Wait, that, wait. On the other hand, you're seeing that and I'm just smelling the steak. Ooh, I, it's like in my, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's probably because I'm craving steak I haven't had in a while. Hey, I even had a case in where the grease was coming down the barbecue and then it was dripping on the dog's nose. Had a case like that this week. You know, the thing that I think is really fascinating because I have a little like $19 grill from Walmart. You know, it's not really big. It's not the fancy one that you have. But, you know, what I find is, thank goodness, I don't have big dogs because if I had like even if Hannah mm -hmm. was still alive, she would just like go over there mm -hmm. and kind of like either put her paws up like Dr. Tina said, or she just uh, stick, her, stick her tongue up uh -huh. there and grab a steak mm -hmm. off. And I've always had to be really careful when I barbecue, especially with big dogs. So if you do have a big dog, keep them in the house when you are getting your chef on. Right, Dr. Tina? Yes. Safest for them. Safest for them. OK, so the other big thing is now that the weather's getting warm across the country, people want to open the pool. Can't wait to do that. So let's talk about harm to pets when it comes to the pool. Sure. So with pools, many times we need to right, shock them. We need to add chemicals to make sure the pH is normal. So make sure that you keep the chemicals away from your pets. Once they're in the pool and they're diluted out, they're not a problem. But before that, they certainly can be. We also have to worry about the water itself, right? With freshwater pools, we can run into basically water intoxication, right? Dogs in the pool, throwing the ball at it. It's catching the ball. It's drinking a lot of water. And we can see low sodium. Or if you've got a saltwater pool, the opposite can happen and their blood sodium can get too high. So make sure your dog is not drinking out of the pool. The other thing is it's starting the beginning of the sea. Once you open that pool, it's not uncommon that animals from all over the neighborhood might be curious. So you always want to a make sure that you teach your pets how to swim Absolutely. and make sure they know how to get out of the pool. Absolutely. So one of the things that I like and I've encouraged my friends who have pools and pets is to get a floating dock that just sits in the pool when no one is home. And then the dogs, if they do fall in the pool, because we talked about that. Remember that South African case a few weeks ago? Did you hear about that? Where mm -hmm. one dog fell in the pool. Remember we talked about that and the other dog pulled it out. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't forget if they're geriatric cases, too, with arthritis and they, and, can't see. and they can't see and they can't move their body. Maybe they could swim before. They might not be able to swim now. Yeah, I think it's very similar to kids. So, I mean, I would always say, you know, if you have a pool, spend the money and just put a gate around it. And watch your pet. Pest control. Talk to us about the possible problems with pest control. Right. So we're outside enjoying our barbecue. And unfortunately, we have insect friends that want to join us. Um, so certainly using uh, insecticide sprays, bug sprays on yourself, you know, is, is fine. Do not use bug sprays on your pets that aren't labeled for use on your pets. Absolutely. And don't forget, though, it's nice to have insect repellents that are labeled as insect repellents for pets, because a lot of the 
kill products for fleas and ticks. Don't kill the flea or tick until the flea or tick is actually on the body. So if you avoid it from getting on the body, you're in great shape. And also, I would think those citronella candles can be a problem Mm -hmm. too, right, Dr. Tina? Yeah. When we think about the smell of those, I mean, they're pretty pungent for us. Can you imagine being a dog or a cat, right? It definitely can be an uncomfortable situation. What a good point, because it can be so sensitive to us and theirs is their smell is so super sensitive. I'm laughing, but Dr. Tina knows why, because I like the smell of citronella. (laughs) But once again, I have them on my lanai, my indoor outdoor space, because that's a very big thing here in Florida. But I keep them up on the table and up on one of the baker's racks that I have. So, you know, they kind of keep the pets away and then, you know, bug spray and everything. Mm -hmm. But natural Mm -hmm. that, that I do not put on my pet. Because a lot of people think you can put the all natural stuff right on your pet. No, that's really a good point. X nay that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I just love when Dr. Tina comes. I know it's great. It's always fun. Isn't it fun? It is very fun. I love having it's fun and informative for our pet owners because they're all going to deal with this. Yeah, they really will this weekend and moving forward. Who Who wants to be around a family that doesn't barbecue, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, wrap it up, Dr. Fleck. Thank Dr. Tina. Well, Dr. Tina, thank you again. We always enjoy you coming and giving us and all of our listeners the information that they need. Just to remind you, that was Dr. Tina Wismer, a veterinary toxicologist and the medical director, medical director, important person of the ASPCA (laughs) Animal Poison Control Center. For more information about Dr. Tina and recognizing holiday pet dangers, visit ASPCA.org. And up next, guess what? What? Celebrity Pet Buzz. Well, that'll be fun. It's always fun. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. I love two things, sports and my dog, Chester. Where I go, he goes. To the beach, to play soccer, everywhere. We spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do, Do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes. 
A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, I love this part of the show because I love talking about celebrities. It's like the cult of my friend Cooper Lawrence, that book, Cult of the Celebrity. So let's talk celebrity pet news. Okay, so there's more news coming out of the White House. And now it's about the power of the purse. Now, I'm not talking financially. I am talking about a purse. So Jill Biden has shown that she can take her German Shepherd's champ and major with her anywhere she goes. The first lady has recently been photographed throughout this month carrying a special accessory, a custom Valentino rock stud handbag adorned with hand painted portrait of Biden pups, as well as her first initial J. So that's J for Jill. And of course, major and champ. We're going to make sure we put those on our social media channel so that you guys can see the purse. Well, if you're obsessed with this, once you see the picture, obsessed with the first lady's custom design handbag, you know, you can order one yourself for only $2,200. Cheap. Oh, yeah. $2,200 on the Valentino (laughs) website in select Valentino boutiques, or you can get a similar look for less at Modern Picnic Pet Portraits Tote for $300. That sounds better. Now, I have to tell you, I kind of like the cheaper version, you know, I, you know, I, I like my purses, but I actually like the cheaper version. And I'm thinking about sending a picture of Ty with his tongue sticking out and getting one of those bags. Oh, I think that's a great and idea. And it's nice. It's leather. It's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move on. The cheaper so, one, right? Yeah. The cheaper Fair. one. Okay, Don't worry. I'm good. not going to okay, use the credit gotcha. card for the big okay, gotcha. expensive one. Okay. So I got some track side news. So the New York uh, Racing Association, that's Naira, has suspended trainer Bob Afford yeah. after his winning horse at the Kentucky Derby failed a post-race drug test. Bafford and any individual employed by Bob Bastard Racing Stables are temporarily prohibited from entering horses and occupying stalls at Belmont Park, Saratoga Racecourse, and Aqueduct Racetrack as Naira awaits the results of a required second test known as a split sample. That split sample is the second sample they're waiting for from Kentucky, the Kentucky Racing Association. Come, coming down hard. Aren't exactly. They? Very coming, coming down. down. So here's the quote from the president of Naira. He said, in order to maintain a successful thoroughbred racing industry in New York, Naira must protect the integrity of the sport for our fans and the betting public and racing participants. That's what Dave O'Rourke said in a statement. And that responsibility demands the action taking in the best interest of thoroughbred racing. So now, if you recall, Baffert has also been suspended from Churchill Downs, where his horse Medina Spirit came in at first place at the 2021 Kentucky Derby on May 1st. I got to tell you, that was my horse. Okay, thank goodness. I, you know, whatever. So I won money, too. Um, the decision came last Sunday as he announced that his horse Medina Spear tested positive for you say this drug because I'm never I'll botch it. Betamethasone? Yeah. An inflam- anti-inflammatory drug. The Kentucky Horse Racing Commission is required to await the results of the split sample drug test before issuing a decision. So if the horse is disqualified, the runner up Mandaloon will be declared the winner and receive the first place share of the purse, which comes out to one point eight six million bucks that will buy a lot of those valentino purses medina spirit came in third in the preakness that was about a week ago uh and also on a last call note for celebrity pet news 
Kerry Washington, you know her from Scandal. Her beloved dog, Josie, has died. And the Scandal star announced the sad news on Instagram this past Sunday, sharing a picture of her Shih Tzu Yorkie Terrier mix. And she said, has crossed over and transitioned into a world beyond this one. We're sorry for your loss, Kerry Washington. And we want to say rest in peace, Josie. You know, Rainbow Bridge is an amazing place filled with treats, friendly dogs and activities until you meet your dog mom again. Celebrities are just like us when they're we lose just our pets. like us when they come and they lose care their pets. so much. Absolutely. And now you're up, Dr. Fleck. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Doc, Nancy from Pennsylvania wrote to us that she is worried about her dogs being stung in her backyard. She wants you to offer her some good advice about what to do. Fortunately or unfortunately, I've seen a number of these cases in the last couple of weeks. Wow. So, Nancy, dogs are nosy creatures sniffing at anything of interest. That's for sure. Since dogs find insects interesting, they investigate them. And when they stick their nose where it does not belong, they receive insect bites. Well, wait, I wish that applied to me because I'm not really interested in insects and I get bitten all the time. Okay, so where are insects biting? Well, they'll sting the closest part of the body. Could be the eyes, the ears, the feet, or or, those are the easy targets. But when a dog steps in an anthill or disturbs a wasp nest or beehive, those insects swarm and sting the dog's whole body. Okay, what about spiders? Spiders are loners. They do not swarm, but even one spider can be very nasty in a bite. The stings of bees, wasps, and hornets, and the bites of ants and spiders all spell trouble for a nosy dog. Insect venom causes problems ranging from mild irritations to some life-threatening conditions. Okay, so what should Nancy or any any dog owner do if uh, the dog is stung by an insect? Well, be observant, first of all, pet owners that can minimize the reaction by taking some prompt action. Keep in mind that even with first aid started at home, severe cases require prompt medical attention. Okay. So be quick to recognize that your dog was bitten or stung. And if your dog suddenly paws at its face, chews at its feet, or begins to swell any area of the body, consider the possibility of an insect bite. Okay. So what do you do if your dog is stunned by a bee? In the case of bee stings, look for a stinger. Bees are the only insects that leave their stingers in the victims. These abandoned stingers continue to secrete venom. So removing them reduces the total amount of toxins injected into the dog's body. So if the stinger is still attached to the body, remove it by scraping like a credit card over your dog's coat and flick it off. Do not use a tweezer that may squeeze more venom out of the stinger sack. That's good to know. It That's really, really is good important. To know. Luckily, other flying insects like wasps and hornets, they don't leave their stinger. Okay. So then what do I do next? Or what does Nancy do next? Well, just like we would with ourselves, you want to soothe the bite site. Okay. So make a thick paste of baking soda and water and apply it to the sting site. In some cases, you will also need to minimize swelling. So apply an ice pack, just like we would do to ourselves, to an affected area for 10 minutes to reduce swelling. You know, like a bag of frozen peas, something out of the the freezer is really helpful. Thanks for giving us some really good ideas about what we can do at home. But what if the bite is a little bit more serious? What can we do? Yeah, we're going to talk about the serious reactions right now. 
Like some people, many dogs are hypersensitive, having very allergic responses to insect stings or bites. The degree of reaction varies with that dog's immunity system, just like us, and the type of insect. Allergic reactions usually occur within 20 minutes of the bite, but may be delayed for hours. So close monitoring is critical. Severe reactions like anaphylaxis can be fatal, so quick action is vital. Take your dog to the veterinary emergency clinic at the first sign of severe swelling at any part of the body, hives over the body, difficult breathing or wheezing, very important, excessive drooling, agitation. Some dogs become very agitated when this happens. Vomiting or diarrhea, dizziness or disorientation, and really get there right now if they have seizures. Anything else, Dr. Flex? That's all the Flex Facts for the week. That's all the Flex Facts for the week. Well, anyway, you guys, stick around. More of the Pet Buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I Like Ye of the week. And if you want to hear Flex Facts in full, this full interview, visit our social media channels, and that will be posted this weekend. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy, so I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. <laughs> I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. You know, you're listening to the best in pet talk radio. This is the pet buzz. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So I love the I like it of the week. It's so fun to talk about something I've seen that I like or even a product that I like. So I have a question for you guys. Have you started planning your summer vacation with Fido? Well, if you do, you got to start making your list of things Fido will need to travel like a travel bed. This is a big thing. Remember, I used to tell you my mom used to get the trunk out and we used to put everything in the trunk. So I do the same thing when I'm taking a trip with my dogs. I get my list together. I fill up the little suitcase or trunk and make sure the dogs have everything they they need. So I really like this travel bed that I saw from Chuck it, you know, Chuck, it makes that that launch toy. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I yeah. like that. OK, so I saw this Chuck it travel bed comfort on the go. And I thought I'd love to share this with you. It's a portable dog bed. It's available in one size. It's for dogs up to 25 pounds and it'll keep dogs comfortable during vacation and even road trips. Additionally, the outdoor bed made for dogs and cats is made with water resistant poly suede, providing cushioning for a firm floors, the yard indoor kennels. I mean, it's just it's really nice. Here's the best part. 
it's totally easy to clean. And you know how obsessed I am about cleaning dog beds and dog towels, yes. and dogs, everything. So it's washable. It's machine washable. It will hold its shape after a wash. And it features a built-in loop for a hang dry, which I think is totally priceless because so many times you get those dog beds and you have no, you can't, most people don't have clothing lines anymore. You know what I mean? So how are you going to hang it? Like, and then also most people don't have racks to hang up their stuff. So the clothing loop is really good because you can hang that on a hanger and hang it up or put it over the fence or do something with it. And here's the best part. It's only priced $39.99. So check it out on amazon.com. And folks, that is an inexpensive price yeah, for beds. For a bed. Yeah. For a travel bed on the go. I think it's great. And you can even just not even use it to travel. Stick it in your regular dog crate. Okay. So I can't wait for our next interview because it is going to be a good one. You know, Morrow is 21 pounds and Hammy is close to that weight, but Wally is just about nine pounds. And as a result, when I let the dogs out in the yard, I always have to go out them as hawks like to hang out on the utility lines and kind of like sit on my neighbor's fence. So joining us today is Dr. Seth Oster to talk about if your dog or cat is at risk from birds or prey, Dr. Oster is an assistant clinical professor in the Auburn University Veterinary Clinic Avian Service. He is also the primary veterinarian at the Southeastern Raptor Center. So, Dr. Oster, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So, what is a raptor and can you give some examples of these animals? Sure. So generally speaking, raptors uh, have the loose definition of birds that predominantly eat uh, prey items, meat. Um, they have sharp talons and hooked beaks to accomplish this task. So generally that, that puts us in the group of birds like hawks, owls, eagles, falcons. Um, and then loosely we associate vultures in the same group. Genetically, vultures are probably more closely related to like cranes than they are the rest of the hawks and eagles and, and owls. But we, we put all those groups together and, and sometimes we'll call them things like birds of prey. All of which I see on a regular basis. So question for you, a lot of these animals protected by law? Yeah, so uh, here in the U.S., every one of these birds is protected uh, by the federal government and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service under the Migratory Bird Act. Um, there are some special regulations beyond those for things like eagles. There are special acts to protect eagles. Um, and then of course, there's the Endangered Species Act. Now knock on wood, uh, all of our raptors right now are no longer listed on the Endangered Species Act, um, but, you know, go back to the 80s and the eagles were were certainly among those numbers. So, uh, yeah, right now that's that's who mon monitors and regulates those birds. So how do they live? So there's a lot of different lifestyles. Um, some of them are, are active hunters, uh, like our hawks. Uh, they, they find, uh, particularly here in the southeast where I'm from, our red tails like to find fields where they can sit over it and use their, their very broad spectrum of vision to identify prey items. And they'll sit out there all day looking for them. Um, and then you've got like owls, which are more like uh, you know, ambush hunters. Um, and then the vultures, obviously they eat carrion. They eat uh, dead, uh, you know, things like roadkill or animals that die from natural causes. Um, and interestingly enough, they, they find their prey through two methods. Uh, the turkey vulture, which is pretty common throughout the US, uses its sense of smell and sight um, but the black vulture, uh, which is more predominant here in the southeast, uh, they tend to use more of their sight to see where the other vultures have gone. Hmm, interesting. It is interesting. Well, if you've just joined PEPAs, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Seth Oster from the Department of Clinical Sciences, Auburn University College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Oster, why do pet owners need to be careful 
with these avians? Uh, there's there, there shouldn't be too much concern. Um, most of these birds, even the largest bird that we have here in the U.S., which would be like the golden eagle, can really only pick up a prey item that's up to half their body weight. And the largest golden eagle is about five kilograms, which is about 12 pounds. So, you know, medium, large sized dogs don't have anything to be concerned about. Um, small dogs could theoretically, you know, be at risk, but as long as the owners are monitoring them, it shouldn't be a risk. The biggest thing I actually see, I'm also the exotic veterinarian from Auburn, is uh, if someone has like backyard chickens as pets, those will very commonly be targeted by some of our, our raptors as prey items. Um, so those are kind of the big things to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we we sort of talking about this and having you on is that, I mean, we have a variety of dogs and most are medium size. Uh, we have two that are in the 20 to 24 pound range, but then we have this little dog Wally. He's an English toy spaniel and he's full of piss and vinegar. And I mean, he's scrappy. Yeah. And, uh, he's just about nine pounds. So, you know, he chases whatever he sees in the yard. So it, it was a concern of ours because there are hawks that fly over our house and various other birds. I haven't seen any vultures yet, but I've, you know, when I've been on the road, especially when I've been in Lake Mary, uh, there's this one place that I walk through and the vultures hang out on the garbage cans. So I thought this would be a great time uh, to talk about this. And Auburn offered you up. <laughs> so yeah. here you are. So so talk to us about, um, you know, how can pet owners uh, protect their pets from being with them? You had mentioned supervision, obviously. But what about dogs who are in dog runs? I mean, if, if there if there, there's very few incidences, there's this is going to be a big concern. But if there was a concern, simply just covering the top of the dog run. Um, you know, one shade cloth is probably a great idea to begin with, you know, to give them a little shade and comfort and maybe a little protection from the elements. But the raptors are always going to look for, and if, if I'm honest, they're going to look for the easiest meal possible. And so, you know, getting through a piece of shade cloth or, or a fence to get to a dog um, versus the squirrel that's not paying attention over in the tree next door, they're going to go for the squirrel next door. Generally speaking, most of our raptors are quite afraid of us as they consider us predators to them. So just your presence alone is, like I said, supervision is enough to ward off many of these, these birds. Um, they're going to choose to stay away and, and stay up in their, their roosts um, to avoid us because they perceive us as predators. Okay, so I don't have to go invest in a spike fence to make it uncomfortable no. <laughs> to sit out there. Okay. No. Really interesting. Well, Dr. Oster, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Just to remind you, that was Dr. Seth Oster from the Department of Clinical Sciences, Auburn University College of Veterinary Medicine. For more information about Dr. Oster and information about raptors, visit vetmed.auburn.edu. So we're going to take a commercial break and come back with Global Pet News. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. 
When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban. And and country. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. You know, Dr. Fleck, I love these type of feel-good news stories. And I know our listening audience is going to love this, too. So a Florida man wrestled an alligator to save his eight-month-old dog while they were out for a walk this past Tuesday. Mike McCoy was walking Jake his chocolate lab around a pond when the dog wandered a few feet away. Suddenly, an alligator emerged from the water and attacked the dog in literally a matter of seconds. And they do that. And they do. And they really do. McCoy recalled that he barely saw the gator spring out of the pond, but heard Jake crying as the gator pulled him back into the water. And while the dog was in a death roll with the alligator, McCoy jumped in the pond immediately to fight off the predator and save his dog's life. You remember that story from not such a long time ago? Last year. Last year with the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Right down in Fort Myers, Right, and I think. the guy mm-hmm. kept smoking. Smoking <laughs> and had his cap on. That cigar. Well, anyway, this story is actually really interesting. And, you know, one of the things that McCoy said, well, he jumped in the pond to, you know, obviously to fight off the predator. But he said he recalled some of the tips that he previously read on alligators and tried to put the knowledge to use. McCoy said that he thumbed the alligator in the eye and he tried to pick it up and drag it out of the water so it could not go anywhere until the dog was freed from its jaw. But as McCoy tried to fight the alligator, of course, he was bitten on both hands. So he really, he just said he had to react quickly to help to help Jake, his yep. dog. And it was only because he knew what to do that he felt confident to fight off that gator. So fortunately for the McCoy and Jake, a teacher at the school overlooking the pond was watching the incident from a window and was able to alert the school nurse who immediately went out to help McCoy uh, by bandaging bandaging his uh, injuries. And then uh, the school resource officer who was on duty at the time called the local police to report the attack. But police said that McCoy was well enough to drive himself and the dog to the vet to get further medical care. You know, and really, as a result of this story, I feel like I need to provide you all with some gator tips so you know what to do if this ever happens to you. You know, it's better to be prepared by knowing. Maybe you might not feel you can, but if you know what to do, you can spring into action like Mike McCoy. And uh, I mean, I'm going to make sure we get these tips on a immediate future show. But uh, but right now uh, we got to bring on our next guest because they're waiting on the phone. When a medical emergency strikes, just how financially prepared are you? Our next guest is going to help us provide a strategy for just these times. Joining us today is Rob Jackson, co-founder and CEO at Healthy Paws Pet Insurance and Healthy Paws Foundation. So greetings, Rob. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. Uh, Thank you. And it's nice to be with you. 
You know, I, I'm I'm really glad you're doing this interview because so many people have questions about pet insurance. So I'm glad that you're going to be here to answer some of them. So why is pet insurance important, especially now for pet owners? Well, some of the things that have been going on recently, uh, the advances in veterinary medicine have been fantastic. I mean, there's hardly a thing we can't do for our four-legged family members that we can do for our two-legged family members, but the cost of those procedures has gone up dramatically. And it's overwhelming sometimes. Yes, yeah. And, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, your four-legged family member is in a situation where they need, uh, you know, uh, kidney failure uh, treatment or cancer or, God, they're at the dog park and they blow out a cruciate chasing one of those chucket balls and all of a sudden the procedure that they're looking for to repair the cruise ship is $4,500. And, you know, so there's, there's kind of a shock from that standpoint. And so I guess the best thing, what I would say is the reason why you'd want to consider pet insurance is to make sure that you can always provide the very best veterinary medicine and best veterinary treatment for your dog and not have your pocketbook or or your cat. Exactly. Uh, and, and, uh, I'll, I'll keep it just the four-legged family member <laughs> that, that, that way we'll, we'll be inclusive. Uh, just, just to make sure that you can always provide that without having to have your pocketbook, you know, restrict you and prevent you from being able to offer the best possible veterinary care. Do you think COVID comes into play, especially, you know, post COVID finances where I think as a nation, people are struggling? You know, it's interesting. Um, Last year when COVID hit, we were thinking, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, this is a, um, you know, pet health insurance seems to be more of a voluntary play. And, uh, you know, we thought we were going to see a, you know, uh, a reduction in the number of folks that would be considering it. But the exact opposite happened. This was a time when people were saying, you know, I'm working from home. Maybe this is a time for us to bring a four-legged family member in. And so a phenomenon took place. My gosh, all the shelters were uh, absolutely bare because everybody was adopting. Uh, And as a result, we started seeing, uh, you know, a fairly large spike of people uh, looking into uh, the pet insurance, again, to protect themselves, uh, to make sure that that you know, family there. So it's been an interesting one. I, I think, you know, uh, pet parents usually buy pet health insurance. Pet owners do not. And a pet owner would sort of consider the pet to be property and if something happens, I'll replace it. But a pet parent considers that pet a family member. I always say is if the pet is sleeping up in your your bed bedroom and it's up in your bed mm-hmm. and it's spooning you, you probably need pet health insurance. So I, I'm thinking that even during the pandemic when you know money is there a little bit tight, if that pet is considered a family member, people are finding a way to make sure that they're protected. I think we also have to balance the need for monthly payments with uncertain financial futures. I mean, give me a little of insight as to what you're thinking regarding that. I think the first thing is that pet insurance is not an investment, it's protection, right? That's very important to know because sometimes people say, well, that's not a very good investment. No, buying fire insurance is not an investment, it's protection. What you'd like to do is you hope that you're going to purchase this and never have to use it because 
then your pet is happy and healthy and you don't have to go through the trauma on that. So, you know, I, I guess it really comes down to the degree of pet parent and, and how much that four-legged family member is a family member. And you just want to make sure that if something ever happens, God forbid, that is unexpected, uh, you, you never want to have your finances compromise the type of coverage or the type of treatment that your pet can receive on that. So, you know, it's, it's a balancing act, but uh, I think like anything, and, and you brought it up, when you're bringing home a pet, you need to be aware of the total cost. And that's not only the food and the care and the bed and all that, but also the, the care and feeding, uh, you know, from that stand. It's a family member. And so, um, you know, I, I, I guess the, the, there are coverages out there that hopefully can fit everybody's budget. You know, what you may be ending up doing is, is getting coverage where you might take more risk on the back end by taking a higher deductible, which gives you a lower premium. And what you're saying is, okay, I'm going to cover the frequency, but if something bad or serious happens, then I know that I've got coverage, you know, at 90%. So that, those are some of the things that you can do is to take a look at that reimbursement and deductible level to figure out how that can fit into your budget. Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. We totally are glad that you're here and giving us some insight into why we should have pet insurance. My pleasure, Charlotte. Great uh, sharing time with you. Well, to remind you guys, that was Rob Jackson, co-founder and CEO at Healthy Paws Pet Insurance and Healthy Paws Foundation, discussing the benefits of pet health insurance. To learn more about Rob and Healthy Paws Pet Insurance, visit HealthyPawsPetInsurance.com. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're going to talk about returning pandemic pets to shelters, pet health issues, and more pet trends. Our special guests were Dr. Tina Wismer, Dr. Seth Oster, and Rob Jackson. Yeah, that's great. What such a great show we had today. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care pets for healthier pets everywhere. So if you have any questions, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pet. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.